The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the book. All right, settle down, people. We've got a lot to cover, and time is short. And it's doggy style. I've got another puzzle for you. If you are wise, you'll listen to gas, man. How the hell do they know that I got gas? A giant, hairy creature, part ape, part man. Indians call him Gas Man. Get, 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 get a lick of this loving. Man, you got to check it out. It'll boogie woogie on your brain. Hate on me for making this song. Got gas on your mind. Some people have said that you're retarded. Not me. And my grandmother said to this woman. You're going to do that gas thing? Yeah, we're going to do the gas thing. Laugh out loud.
That's tired, tired of waiting from Peter Holden, who's a great musician out in Northern California and a good friend of mine. That's brand new music from him as well, which will be on his next album, which I'm looking forward to. And uh, if you aren't aware of him anyway, The Athens and Other Stories is his current album that's out. And you can find that on uh, iTunes and all that fun stuff. Peter Holden, thank you so much for that. Uh, breaking the new music here on uh, Going Global with Gas. Man. There he is. What's up, Matt? How you doing? What's up, buddy? Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, man. Yeah, speaking of tired of waiting, a well, whole week, now we're back again. So we have to catch up on the whole week. We have a guest in the studio. I'm excited. I know. We have a legendary band we do. member from a legendary band from Arizona right in the studio with us. I can't wait. Yes, it's going to be fun. And uh, we're going to get caught up on uh, the week as well. And uh, last night, by the way, I went to go see The Cult. Okay, how'd that go? It was great. Uh, I didn't realize that I was actually entering Bike Week. I, I <laughs> Cycle Mesa, right? <laughs> it was over at uh, Wild Horse Pass out in, oh. in Chandler. And so I get there, and I walk through the casino, and I'm asking the guy, go, where's the concert at? And he goes, which concert? I'm like, oh, wow, we must be, there must be a few going on. I don't even know. And he goes, and I, I tell him it's the cult. He goes, well, that's outside. I'm like, oh, okay. So I figure they had something going outside, and sure enough, it's, it's Bike Week. So I'm like all, all into this, uh, you know, this this mass culture of something that's is uh, new to me to a certain degree, you know. Yeah, we were actually fortunate as far as being on the east side out here in uh, Arizona, which for those who are unaware, we call the east side of the valley versus you know the west side Glendale area. Right. Black Bottom Lighter was actually out on our side. We have them coming on in a couple of weeks, so nice. I, they were good. Uh, they were yeah. out there jamming, and I actually ha- I got a CD which uh, you know I was gonna bring in. Like cause I thought the theme of the show, based on the the guests we have in today, right? I got a CD from a band called Sanitation Squad. Nice. They're like a metal <laughs> band. Their CD release right. party was last night. And they were hanging out at my studio, but I totally forgot it. So if you're listening, I'm sorry. We'll play it next week. Dude, you dropped the ball. Man. Yeah, I know. I need like a sound effect for that. Right. Um, anyway, so last night over at the cult, and it was it was really strange, you know, because you know people like to pull the phones out in the crowd and everything, and we were kind of close up to the stage and. I, I swear, at one point, there were like seven cameras all around us. <laughs> Everyone with their hands high up in the air, too. And right in front of Ian Asbury right there, right in fr- I couldn't see him. <laughs> his, his hand was up, his phone was up, and I'm like, dude, you're blocking the lead singer, man. So I yelled at him. I go, put your phone down, and nothing. And I yelled again, put your phone down, and nothing. I'm like, oh, this guy's just not, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. It's not, you know, I'll just move over to the side, whatever. And then this girl I was with, and uh, he was watching, and then a little bit later on, again, the arms went up with the phones, and their elbows were in the way. And so I just said to him, I go, dude, put your elbow down. <laughs> and he finally looked over, and he just moved the phone over. I mean, what are you holding a phone for the whole song for? You're never going to go back and watch it. That's not true. It is true. No, it's not. I got tons of No one's going to watch it. Yeah, I got tons of full videos on my phones from bands I watch all the time. You, what's well, from, from uh, <laughs> wait, wait. From concerts you've seen, yeah, there? dude. I go to, look. I've got like ex- I've got like three or four songs from <laughs> nah. the Expendables last concert on the marquee sitting right? on my phone, and I will watch that all the time. Or you can upload it to Facebook, and then you delete it, so then you can have access to it. So I, I can sympathize with that interesting uh, music, uh, that fan that wanted right. to review. But at the same time, like you know, obviously, if someone's saying, "Hey, get the hell out of my way," then get the hell out of the way. I'm, I'm guessing uh, you're like one like in a billion that do that. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, it got me ahead linking up with bands. That's how I went out in the well, scene. Okay, it's a little bit different because you're in, in a different side of the music scene. Okay. So using that and stuff like that. But like a regular fan, I mean, you know, do you take the photos? of The the photos are different, but if you're sitting there watching the whole video, it's going to come out all crappy. It's all going to come out all... 
Yeah, but if, if, if it's a main band that only comes through, let's say, once every it. blue moon. You're not going to watch it. Oh, my God. I'm going to watch it. I'll <laughs> make you watch you, it on the break. You're not going to watch it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, you got Big Brother in a couple weeks, don't you? I have Big Brother in two weeks I'm trying out for. And uh, again, explain that for me. <laughs> okay, so Big Brother, reality TV show. Right. House guests. You vote off someone every week. Well, you were talking about like having to practice in a closet by yourself. <laughs> what, I, what I was saying is I wanted to like mentally prepare myself to be able to count minutes because there's no clocks in that house, obviously. And at the same time, you know, certain punishments require you to be in solitary confinement. So right. just trying to mentally prepare yourself to be in a room for 24 hours with nothing and all you have is your thoughts. So I've been like, you know, meditating and like trying to like get an inner clock built. You don't need a closet for that, Matt. It's the only small space I have, man. It's got to be like dark. It's got to be like solitary. All right, let's let's play a tune and come back with our guest. How about that? That sounds good. All right, here's Mergence. It's a band from here in the valley of Phoenix, Arizona, and they have a really cool video that goes along with this. Uh, it's called White Bark, and you can hear it right here on uh, Going Global with Gas. Man.
song called White Bark from Mergence here on Going Global with Gas. Man. With uh, Matt the Intern hanging out with me. Are you just Matt the Intern? What, do we, what should we call you? Should we be new? Because, you know, for the radio show, you're Matt the Intern, and that's the show that's on 93.9 FM KWSS every Monday through Friday from 5 to 8 p.m. Cheap Plug. Um, cheap Plug. Here's another Cheap Plug. I'm not on that show anymore. You don't, you don't ever let me do it. You keep well, you're always welcome, and the thing is, you know, sometimes our, you're busy. you got a band to be in, man. And, you know, when you can do it and help out, you can. Well, I'm here, so right, we'll, exactly. I'll be Matt the Intern here. Matt the Intern. All right. All right. All right. Going on Big Brother. That's right. Sleeping in a closet by himself. <laughs> <laughs> Doing something, right? Let's Stud- move on. You're studying. Can we bring on our guest? <laughs> yes, let's do, man. I, I'm excited. Um, I've seen him a few times here in the Valley, and they are just legends in Phoenix, Arizona. Been around for quite some time. I, we're going to let him tell us. Prophet from St. Madness is with us here, and uh, what's happening, man? How's it going? Good. Thank uh, you for inviting me on here. Dude, you're so most welcome to be on here. I'm excited to chat with you and get to know what you're all about and uh, get to uh, spread... St. Madness Love. Yeah, I appreciate it. Absolutely. I, uh, we were, uh, I was looking at some of the song titles just to give a little idea of uh, what we're going to get into here on Going Global with Gas. <laughs> <laughs> That's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, is like l- lately we've been having a run of reggae music. You know, reggae this is rock like that, and, only different. Right, exactly. The slightly different uh, titles as well. You have uh, Evil Me, I Cut Myself, Head, <laughs> Sexual Abuse, Rage... I mean, we can kind of sense this, uh, yeah, the the theme. Thank you. You know what, though? (laughs) I do love reggae music. Um, I love, I'm one of these weird people that I love all types of music because it's all art to me. And when I was growing up, I wasn't necessarily like that. You know, I had my my favorite choices and whatever. But as I've gotten older and and being a songwriter, I can learn something from everybody. So the the cool thing about being in St. Madness is, if next week we happen to write a crazy reggae song, we'll put it on an album. We we never worry about being put in any small box like the whole album has to be thrash metal or, or anything else. We put tons of variety on our albums because we just write what inspires us. So right. if we write a country song, we write a country song, you know, but but our backbone is always metal. Right. And that's always been since setting out for what you guys and when when did you guys get uh, started? In early 1993, and uh, basically I I had an ad running. I I had been with a band uh, that was pretty well known here called Blitzen for a few years, and and we parted ways, so I ran an ad in the New Times. I was looking for a band, and I got called uh, by this guy, and he's like, hey, you know, we're not really, we're really not ready for a singer at this point, but I I know about you and Blitzen, and would you come down and just check us out? So I did, and... I instantly was like the 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 drummer and one of the guitar players um, just blew me away. So they asked me to join the group, and I said okay. And originally we called the band Bloody Murder. And about a month later, we're looking at each other, and we're like, you know, we're just not really feeling that. So uh, I said, well, what about the name Crown of Thorns? And everybody liked it, so we instantly became Crown of Thorns, and. Um, we were like that for four years, and in August of 97, we found out that there was a religious rock band in New Jersey that had actually trademarked the name Crown of Thorns back really? in 1991, 
two years before we ever started using it. So, so how, how did that get? How, how would they? Did you get like a cease and assist on it? No, Marge. Marge <laughs> is real savvy with searches and computers and all, and she found them. Okay. And you know, once somebody trademarks something, you really can't fight it. Sure. You know, you let it go. Um, find something else. But the album we had out at the time was called "The Spiritual Visions of Saint Madness" by Crown of Thorns. So I went to the band and I said, "Look, you know." Changing your band name is a big deal because if your fans decide they don't like it, maybe – I know they might love your music and stuff, but if people are funny. If they don't like your, your name or whatever you change to – so I said, you know what? The people who like Crown of Thorns are already used to seeing the name St. Madness because that's on the title of our current album. Right. So we did a, a search with an attorney and found there were no others, and we bought the trademark immediately in August of 97. That's really cool. That's interesting. Let's introduce uh, Margie. Margie Johnson, get close to that microphone. Hi. Hey, what's up? You can get closer. If you closer, like. Marge. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I want to introduce Happy oh, Evil yeah, as yeah. well. Marge has going? a very sexy voice, by the way. <laughs> it's yeah, it's nice. Uh, I want to ask you. You know, when you first started uh, as you know the first name, um, Crown of Thorns. You know, this was a time when metal was kind of. Entering a different phase, right? When of course grunge was popping out, right. so metal went a little bit. You know, I don't know what direction. So what was that? Wow. Okay, like? wow. so here's the deal, right? Um, that's true. Metal was suffering, but if it wasn't for that alternative movement, we wouldn't be what we are today. Because the whole reason that Saint Madness wears face paint and is uh, very theatrical was because in the '80s uh, Arizona was a metal mecca. People came here from all over the world to play in this scene because it was so good. The Mason Jar. And then, right. And then, and then the, in the early 90s, it started to die away. And, and it was really weird because one day, everybody's like, long live metal. And it seemed like a week later, they're making fun of metal. Hmm. And, then, and then you had a lot of metal bands that got scared, and suddenly they're all wearing plaid, and they're doing kind of alternate light, you know, kind of right. music. And I... And, and, I got just pissed off at that. You know, I was like, are you kidding me? This is Phoenix, Arizona. This is one of the best metal capitals on the planet. I agree with you. And I, and I grew up in Los Angeles area, and we had KNEC. Yeah. Uh, I'm from, I was born in Glendale. Okay, so you're familiar yeah. with that station. KMET. I mean, that, yeah, KMET. Yeah. Right, oh, all yeah. those stations were all rock and metal. I mean, it was what it was. Yeah. Uh, when I have uh, moved out here to Phoenix, I moved out here in 97, actually, the year you became St. Madness. Okay. And it, it was, uh, I, I knew that this was a metal city. I knew it. I just knew it. And I, I, I used to live in El Paso, or worked in El Paso, which yeah. is a metal city. So I did something maybe about the southern cities towards the border of Mexico Florida. that turn oh, a little yeah. bit more metal than they do more you know, north of uh, everything else. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing what it is. But you know, when, you see, when you think about that metal scene where b- before it got popular, it was kind of like sacred. And then it became popular, and then it just – like. Every, that kind of faded away. And then it went back to the people who kept it sacred as opposed right. to those who didn't. And, you know? and so what I would say is one day Marge and I are out shopping. And um, we were slated to play a show for then. It was called Music Voice Magazine uh, Live and Kicking. And we had tried to get on that show for a long time. And he finally said, yes, I want you on it. So I said, you know what, Marge? This show I'm going to wear face paint. And I said, I don't care what the rest of the guys do, but I'm doing it. I, I got to do something different. I was so frustrated inside myself. I knew we had good music, but it just wasn't really getting across. Right. And, and I wanted to go heavier and darker and more theatrical because so many people were jumping off the metal bandwagon. I wanted to stick out like a sore thumb. I wanted to be the band that you could 
uh, not noticed. You, you'd have to notice right. this. So I go to the band, and I'm like, you know, you guys, I've got to do something different, and I'm going to wear face paint next show. Luckily, our then bass player, Randy Axe, said, well, if you're going to do it, we better do it, or we'll look <laughs> stupid. Oh, really? And thus it was born. And, it, and here's what's, what's funny and sad at the, t- at the same time. When we changed uh, to the face paint... We instantly started headlining on weekends every every place we ever wanted to. The music was no different Same than we were playing two but months you're earlier. Bring a Same show people. now, right now. When we were, you know, because for like two years we headlined every awful spot you could. You know, <laughs> Tuesday night at the Jar at midnight. Right. You know, and and we just paid our dues. We just right. did whatever we had to do. Once we added a show to the exact same music, then we're playing everywhere on weekends headlining. It's Prophet St. Madness uh, hanging out with us here on the program, and uh, we are hanging out with you until uh, 3 o'clock at least, uh, Pacific time, here on voiceamerica.com. It's the Variety Channel going global with gas. Man. There he is, Matt. <laughs> uh, I, I want to talk about concerts. I want to talk about uh, you know the, 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 the look that you acquired once you started bringing up the, the painting and, every, and everyone else joining in. We saw it as war paint right, okay. against the alternative movement. Right, that right. was exactly why we did it. Right. It, it, it. And it's funny because there was one major metal band that I can think of that flourished all through the alternative movement, and that was Pantera. They actually got bigger during the time when all the other metal was kind of fallen by right. the wayside. The trend I, is dead. You know, well, and I thank God for Pantera and Ozfest. Yep. Both those things <laughs> in the alive, 90s right? kept it alive. Right. Well, we were another one of those bands that suddenly in the worst time for metal, we were doing really good. Everybody needs metal. I think there's, you know, you talk about reggae, you know, we talk about having bands on this program. And I love reggae and I, I love all styles of music. I really do. Um, no, the exception of certain things, but uh, I won't get into that. <laughs> I mean, we all have our, you know, you know exactly. <laughs> Unless I got a, like a glass of orange juice on me and a... And a night stick or glow stick, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> pretty much what I was sustain that stuff. Um, well, it's like that guy cook commercial with the pig boots and pants, boots and pants. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I totally lost my train of thought. Let's play some music. I want to hear you guys. We're going to play Arizona. Right cool. on. And that'll start us off. And then we're going to play some more music from St. Madness as the show continues on. Um, I guess we'll talk about this when, it, when we come back. So it's pretty much self explanatory, I'd imagine. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it's a way of giving back to a place that I love so much. Right on. Well, let's jam it right now here on uh, Going Global with Gas. Man. Majestic in the sky The spirit will make you love The red rocks bathed in blood And the land where so many warriors have died Oh, Like the Phoenix, you're so 
valley of the sun, but it's a place we're proud to call home. The sun sets every night, watching canvases go by, each painted by the great spirit's hands. Oh,
God, Lord, had the plan To infiltrate the religions of man He got his demons inside To show the world he's still alive Festering like a disease They began to rot the house of peace Standing at the altar's feast With hungry eyes that bleed Don't look back now There's vampires in the church Don't look back now There's vampires in the church Bloodsuckers always suck in blood Souls ground up in the demon sludge I can't from the inside Eating away till everything dies He knows that his time is short so he devises master feet Force the church into court By turning devils into priests Don't look back now There's vampires in the church Don't look back now There's vampires in the church You better run now For all your work He wants them all. He wants. 
Vampires in the Church, and that's St. Madness from the self-titled album. Yes, that came out in 2006. Yeah, man, that's really cool. I, you know, I, I, I like that sound. You know, For me, it's, it's something that it just it kind of retains of what metal started, in a sense. But yeah, you're, you know, you're adding your own flair to it, you're adding your own mm. style to it. But uh, I think it's holding root to what is being at the core of, of metal music. Yeah, we, we've always kept things uh, a bit classic, in that sense, and then we just add a bunch of modern influences. Right. And like I said, if I go to a concert and I see a band, you know, that is doing something a little bit new that I like or whatever, I'll, I'll throw a little bit of that in a song on the next record. Nice. I just, I believe I can learn something good from everybody, and um, I just, I, I, I never want to be closed-minded musically. Sure, I don't think you should. I mean, I think it, it opens up for, for different sounds that you might get to later on, you well, know? Well, that's, that's, that's the point. The, that's the point, right. You hold yourself back right, uh, right. if you're closed-minded. Do you have any uh, people, when you came out with, you know, titles like we mentioned and <laughs> Vampires in the Church? There's always a message behind, you know, the songs that he puts out. Well, <laughs> what I'm saying is, you know, do you get the people who are, you know, they think you're devil worshipers or yes. something like that, yeah? When we first came out, uh, in fact, there was, uh, there was uh, animals that were butchered here in town somewhere. And people were asking us if our band did it. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. But but that means we did our job because you can't be a shock metal band if you don't shock anybody. Sure, all right. You know what I mean? Sure, man. And and you can't uh, metal and controversy have to go hand in hand because metal was the original alternative to all the crap you heard on the the, the big radio stations that played all the commercial shit. Right. Metal was that first alternative to that kind of stuff. And metal always had a bit of danger in it, you know? And and somewhere, even in parts of the 80s or whatever, I was looking at them like, where's the danger anymore? Now, a band like Guns N' Roses, they had the danger in there, you know? Metallica had that Slayer, but... Megadeth. Motorhead. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you, you, you got to have some danger in aggressive music like that. And I think as long as kids are angry or people are angry, I think right. heavy music will never die. You know, there's a release that I get, and I listen, like I said, I listen to all types of music, um, just from what I do on the radio, I'm just in, in, exposed to different genres and styles, and this and that, but my root has always been heavy metal, mm-hmm. and there's really nothing that I've come across that actually comes close to what, for me, heavy metal can supply. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's how I felt as growing up as a kid, you know, hip-hop was really big, and, right. you know, Eminem and ICP, and, you know, there was this huge war, sure. and, and everybody thought it was really cool, and I used to love, you know, hip-hop, and when I was a little, little kid, my dad got me into stuff like Cheap Trick, and what is it, TNT, and, and everything, everything. Yeah. I mean, Every and then it went metal. from that to Marilyn Manson, the right. White Zombie, to Pantera. What was it that, like, struck a chord with you? What was that, like, was it a certain band, or... Uh, it would have to be a mix between uh, Panther and White Zombie because okay. the shows that they had. Yeah, they toured I mean, together. And yeah. just the shows that they had. I, I mean, White Zombie. 
Yeah. <laughs> a boot I was, like the, I, I saw them. Yeah. yeah. I saw them in El Paso. Compton, well, I saw them at Compton Terrace here. Yeah. But I found a video of the next night when they played in California. Yeah. And it's both sets, complete sets in a row. No way. And I actually sent, I burned a copy of it on DVD. And, and it's good quality, it to, too. I, I sent it to Rita Haney. Which is Dimebag's old lady. Yeah, we right. actually got to hang out with Zach Wilde and Rita personally. And, oh, that's way cool. And I mean, it was it was so surreal for me because sure. you know seeing him on TV and then seeing him from afar and right. then actually getting to hug the guy. Yeah, you know, Zach was, Wilde was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never really met him, but uh, I've seen Pantera a number of times. He and, grabbed Josh and hugged him twice, and yeah. Josh told him he was learning how to play guitar. Yes, yeah, nice. it was and, cool. Uh, but it, but what was really haunting about that night was Rita took about twenty minutes uh, with me and Josh. To tell us how everything went down the night that Dime died because right. she was at home and she got a call from Vinny. Um, I guess what happened was when the shooting started, the, some of the crew guys grabbed Vinny, pulled him off the riser, and there was like a kitchen area somewhere nearby. They had him in there hiding under one of those metal-type tables. And he called Rita and he said, Rita, I just saw someone shoot Dime several times. And, and she's like, don't fuck with me, Vinny. You know, and he said, I'm not. And she said that she could hear the terror in his voice. And yeah. then she started hearing gunshots in the background. Wow. And it was just so, so surreal. She got like, real emotional, too. And of course. Yeah, it, it touched us. I mean, because when we met her, it was March of 05. So it was only a few months since Dime was murdered. I saw him with Damage Plan yeah. a few months before it happened. Yeah, you know, we saw that tour. I mean, it's it's yeah, something like that is horrible. And you think about concerts, like how how can going to a con how can this happen at a concert? Well, I, I mean, I can understand if it was like a Justin Bieber thing. Or, I'll tell you why. <laughs> you know, I, I I'll yeah. tell you why I think. Over the years, St. Madness has been around twenty one years, and you can imagine we've had um, a large alumni of people over the years. But when I have arguments or disagreements with band members. I never take it public, ever. Because you have fans, right. and some of some people out there are psychos. Yeah. And when with, with some bands, the breakup is so awful. And like what's going on with Kiss right now, all the crap they're saying about each other. As a fan of their band, just I don't want to hear about their little bullshit fights. Right. You know? That should be private. Sure. And with Pantero, right before Dime was killed, Phil did a, a couple of interviews where he said some really horrible things, right. and, and, and he said later that, well, I actually said it when it was supposed to be off the record, but look, when you're talking to a journalist, anything you say is fair game. And so, so the nutbag who heard it, Nathan Gale or whatever, decides he's going to kill Dimebag. Well, that's why you don't do that. I mean, don't I, I don't even laundry. like it when couples are divorcing and they go public, and they want to ah, screw him, screw her. Right. I don't care about your little stupid fights, you know? I love bands for their music, and I just think to keep it business-wise, it should be that should be kind of kept aside and let the fans enjoy right. what they enjoy about your band and don't destroy it. Well, I always believe you have to protect the entity of St. Madness, which is kind of my job, even sometimes even sometimes against its own members. Right. You know, because sometimes passions interrupt common sense, you know, or rational thought or whatever. Well, sometimes you got to think as a band, not. As a man, that's right. You know, yeah. sometimes yeah. sometimes you have to put the the greater good, sure. you know, to the yeah. to the forefront. You put the ego aside and, and swallow, and, and, swallow right. whatever it is you got to choke it's down hard to, do, to though, get past it. You know, being in music alone, you're being in a, a business of ego, right? Of course. So that's hard to do, but right. but I th I just think it's important to be adults about it. Uh, you can hate each other's guts, but 
you know, your fans who love your music, you know whether they're on your side or the other guy's side, they don't want to hear about they your They just want to love your music. You know what, I, mean, I was just thinking, like, over, over time, I think that discussion always happens, and you always find out, like, why can't you just act like an adult? We always say that, and yet... It, I think every generation is still going to never people, learn it. Yeah, that's same, <laughs> well, that's same exact thing. I mean, some people are going to get it, but I don't think a lot of people are going to get it. And, right. And but the the a lot of people that aren't going to get it need to start being aware of what it is, and so they can get on board because well, they're the ones kind of cock blocking everything. And I've had you know big disagreements with former band members at different times, and. One of the reasons I would never go public with that is because I recognize that the, that those people, the uh, former band members, they have their own bunch of fans. Why should I ruin that for them? Right. This is between me and him. Right. Or Musicians have a personality. Bands yeah. are marriages. They're it's strange, man. I mean, you know, you know you've 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 seen a, a change in social media here, and, you know, from the way you start, and now you see on online people bashing, you know, of posts and comments and. This and that, and you know, you see it on public, and it's like, well, wow. And usually, tend to, I usually tend to stay away from those kind of things. Mm. I see it in music. I see it in comedy. Uh, it's everywhere. I mean, it's just, it's just. Well, some comedy, kind of, comedy is about being nasty. That's why it's funny. You're always making fun of somebody and making them look like a tool. If it's done and that way. If it's done <laughs> you know that way. I mean? But sometimes it's also vindictive stuff. Uh-huh. I, one you of know. my favorite comics is Bill Murray. People. You know, but. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever want to hang out with Bill Murray because that style of comedy is always sarcastic. It's funny as hell. Right. But I couldn't imagine hanging out with somebody Being like that all the time. Being the target of it all the time. Right. You know? right. <laughs> well, did you ever hear uh, Jim Brewer when he was talking about Slayer? He said, it's the only time I feared my own race. And my wife disappeared, and I haven't seen her since. Well, he said it because he went to a Slayer concert when he saw the pit open up. He was scared to death. <laughs> yes, I've seen Slayer. Um, oh was, yeah, we have too. Yeah. Many times, scariest yeah. pits ever. Yep. You know, I, uh, one of the ones uh, when I was in El Paso, and we we're like a stone's throw from the from the border, and uh, which is Juarez, and we were uh, watching. Uh, it was Prong, Sepultura, and the Pantera. I was there. Oh, nice. yeah. Here, I was that there. Same here. tour here. Yeah, that was that one, and that was one of the most scariest pits I've ever seen. Pantera um, pits were pretty the big circle <laughs> the biggest yeah man big, but like one that was you just don't want to be anywhere near it and stuff like that but I, if you are going to be near it the best place to be it is if you're face to it if you're facing you don't never want you gotta to see it coming it. Yeah. yeah you gotta see it coming <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe like one or two people deep is better you know you want to be that first person out. in, in yeah. row that was Megadeth concert she was she got stuck right because it opened up it right next, up to, next yeah. to us yeah. I, I don't we all mind. went flying and I've been <laughs> to say that I've really been in one and, and traveled around one I could say maybe I have done it once in my life but it's not something I enjoy doing when I'm at a concert I had a cool experience when I saw Slipknot uh, when they just came here uh how long ago was that? It's been at least a couple of years. Yeah, and uh, Sid Wilson actually climbed up on one of the. Uh, it was like a the snack bar, uh, k- uh, kiosk or whatever. Yeah, those snack bars it. up the hill. And and he fucking called everybody to the front, you know. And we all ran up there, and there's security all over the place, and cops started running up, and he just jumped on us. He he ran. Yeah, it was so you're cool. familiar with Auction yeah. Pavilion, Desert Sky, whatever. Yes, he ran from the stage all the way around to the to the the lawn. To the center snack bar at the top, climbed the thing, and then stood there and went like this. He waved his arms for the crowd and to like, Fuck get yeah, together, and, and he just them. dove off it and let everybody catch him. No it was way. the coolest thing ever. Wow. And then he ran all the way back. To the... I'm an old man. I can't even picture running <laughs> with 30-yard dash. 
But this guy was, it was so amazing. And Josh actually got to pat him or something. I don't yeah. know. It was, it was a big was moment so in Josh's It was like life. being a 12-year-old kid again, you know? That's <laughs> hilarious. Um, yeah, I always like watching, you know, them, you know, the singers doing something special like that and being different and, you know, putting a show on, you know, like you're talking about, man. And uh, St. Madness, you guys... You have a you have an image to yourselves. It's not just the face painting, man. It's uh, it's the the long coats. It's the cowboy hats. It's uh, and our number one goal is to entertain people. Right. It's not to uh, try to be a rock star. Right. There's a very um, it, it's totally different way of thinking. An, an entertainer is a servant, like kind of like a cook is. A cook serves you food. You go. You want good food. He makes you good food. We make you good metal. And our job is just to make sure that whoever's in the audience has a good time because they could spend their money to go to any other show. My job is I want to make sure everybody who walks out of there feels like they got their money's worth or more than their money's worth. Yeah, you know, and we can uh, talk about that too. Is about the, the, the local scene, uh, what you've seen in the past 20 years, and uh, I'm sure you've seen, you've seen a lot on, on bands hustling for themselves. And how different is it from back when you started hustling for yourselves and, you know... It's, Compared to what it is like today, are you seeing bands working as hard or less as hard? I think they're working less as hard because you have the internet now, where before you had to drive all over with your you posters right. and flyers. Flyering. The dreaded and things flyering. Like that. But, but, <laughs> but, why, but why stop that, though? I mean, you know what I mean? Is that right. just something why that. Why stop it? Is that something that just. You know what I mean? It's, they just figure it doesn't pay off. You know, I, I mean, back in the day, you'd go to Desert Sky to see a concert and you'd have a stack of 2,000 flyers. You'd be handing them out, right. right? Well, the same hundred people are showing up at your show, you know. But and, that and was back when that was the only way to proliferate your right, news. Right. And now, because of the internet, and and it's easy to say, oh yeah, everybody got lazy. But the truth is, is your reach with a click right. is exponentially greater than driving all over the city to every concert in town right. and flyering every. Car. But I think now I think scene... it was very effective for its time. But the inter- and and I started on the internet back in the very beginning. And I started with, I think it was mp3.com. And and garage band. And we went through, (laughs) we've been through every major, and we've watched the entire advance and and the ability to, uh, YouTube was an enormous boost because it allowed you to take yourself on tour virtually. All of a sudden, people in Bulgaria have seen you. Right. Even if it's only on their screen, nonetheless, they, they actually want to go out and buy that record because, hey, man, I saw that fucking band, and, and right. I love it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it changed everything. And it took away the, the power of the label because back in the day, only the labels had access to the, other, to the magazine writers and, and all the media all over the world that could, that could well, proliferate your right. name. Right. And, and once the Internet came along, anybody in the world could send an email to some writer in Bulgaria. Or, or Italy or whatever, and you you suddenly took all that power away from the label. In the so 80s. how do they justify that massive percentage expenditure when you have that ability with a little hard work to do it yourself? Yeah, I mean, you're still seeing the labels um, in the overall end product of the ones getting your music played on commercials. Or right, on, they still have on, their powers. On right. late-night television shows and stuff like that. So, yeah, or morning But the shows. Internet diluted right. it hugely. Yeah, absolutely, in, in, in a good way, I think, because, yeah, you know, absolutely. I think the control on the line of music Should be was so them. linear at one point. You know, you had to go, because your source of music was very small. You only went to a few places to get your music. That's right. And that was it. You either saw it live or you, you had, a, had a radio or, or you owned it. Well, and if <laughs> you wanted it. to send a, your album to, say, England or something, you had to find, you know, smaller stores or whatever, or the stores that happen, like Tower Records. They might carry some English metal magazines. 
and then you'd have to write them and send them out, whatever. Now you just go online, you right. email them in a second. You know, yeah, and, so it's and ch- you know, you can touch the world at your fingertips, and that's why right. nowadays I kind of think, in some ways, it's better because if a band wants to become famous, you can make yourself famous. You, you just got to be willing to bust your ass, work. but you can do it yourself. And I also believe that if I were to compare today's metal scene in Arizona compared to the '80s, um, I think in some ways it's better now because I see a lot of bands actually helping each other and working together, and there's more of a camaraderie, whereas in the 80s, everybody was so focused on trying to get signed that there was so much was uh, so competitiveness. Cutthroat. You know what I mean? Sure. And now it's more like, look, we're, we're all doing this together. And, and I think it's important to take a lot of pride in your scene. Quit putting it down, right. you know? This is your home. This is where you're from. You know, Build it up. I, you know, and I, I see some of that, and I'm thinking like, you know, look, it's, it's there's no need for attitudes. There's no need for anything. And if you want to be the big fish in this in this small pond that we have here, at Phoenix, you can call it a big pond. You can call it whatever pond. Um, you know, stepping in people to get to be that person isn't going to work for you. You know well, what I found out with working with musicians and you know a lot of characters and stuff like that is when I have to load in equipment. It doesn't matter if the band was a friend of ours or if there's somebody, you know, we don't give a fuck about or if they're really good, you know. I always try to help them with their equipment. You know, I that's always true. ask them, do you guys want help? You know, I got a couple yeah, guys cool, here. Yeah, cool, man. You, you know. should. We I treat mean, everybody it's... with respect because we're all out there working our asses off right. and nobody's making a ton of money. No. And and honestly, who wants to be a big fish in a small pond? What I want is I want the Arizona metal scene to be a big pond like it is now because there are so many talented metal bands here now. Yeah. If you can become an A-list band in Phoenix now, you're doing something. Phoenix yeah. is a, the There's fifth a largest city in the United States. Good bands. I mean, think about it. Compared to some countries in Europe, like Arizona is as big as some countries right. over there. So I think it, it, it's important to help bring younger bands up, to help other bands. And be a source of tomorrow's metal. Yeah. The only reason to be an asshole to, to other bands is because you're afraid they're better than you. Right. If you know your band kicks ass and you're good at what you do, there's no reason to try to hold anybody else back or sure. down. Well, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of egos that go into you know, putting on a show, so you got to just take that into accountability. Kind of watch yourself. <laughs> well, let's jam a tune. St. Madness is chilling with us. Prophet, happy evil. Marge Johnson. Marge Johnson is with boss us. Boss lady. She's yeah, boss, boss lady. lady. And uh, Big Brother Matt is on the, uh, the other side. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're going with now, Big Brother Matt. Now, Matt, you were you introduced me, actually, because you, you work with St. Madness. You're roadie for them. Yeah. And, which is very cool. And I didn't know that because when I knew you, well, when I met you, you, I only knew you as reggae music. Yeah, I'll see. So, a lot. He's got a dark it's, side. It surprised me to have right, exactly. <laughs> and it's funny. I That's to, part of the family. Well, yeah. I talk to a lot of uh, uh, metalheads, and you know, they there's not really one that I don't doesn't like reggae. It's really weird. You know, a reggae is such a crossover. It's art. Everything yeah, it, it is, is, man. It's its own art. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a state of mind. I have a couple uh, and, and, and a lot of reggae reggaes. is more upbeat and stuff. And I like I like okay. mariachi music. I don't yeah. even understand the words. But I like it when I'm eating Mexican food. The vibe is <laughs> up. You know, the Taco vibe is Tuesday. a positive vibe. Yeah. All right, so I got the best of St. Madness in my hand. This yeah. Is, this is part two, by the way. Yes, we, we had a best of part one that came out in 2003 called We Make Evil Fun. Nice, and this is 20 years of blood, guts, and glory. Correct. So I got the first CD in my ready to roll. Which, which track should I play? Um, metal to the Death and Beyond. MDB. Yes. <laughs> Matt, you're excited. MDB. All right, let's MDB. jam this, and uh, we will 
do our thing when we come back. Because we're going to play Drug Code with Say Madness. Nice. We are going to uh, play Porno Music or Not nice. as well. You ready? Yeah. All right. Shut totally. up. Totally. <laughs> Is it 70s porno music?
Yeah.